0: Welcome to the Hard Water Fishing Show. Jeff and Jason talk tactics, gear, and ice fishing legends.
1: Welcome to the Hardwater Fishing Show, Season 5, Episode 2. Our topic tonight is a custom-built wheelhouse. And so we'll get to that in a little bit, but just to give you a little primer of what we're going to talk about, Um, it's Jesus, the first week of November 2021. Jeff, can you believe it? We're in November. We're sliding into pheasant season. We'll chase some birds around. Well, I will chase some birds around and then we'll wait for the water to get hard. We can do some ice fishing here pretty soon.
2: I hope so. I mean, I I hope we're, I mean, on a good year we're ice fishing by Thanksgiving. I know. I don't know. We're getting
1: close. It's gonna happen. It's
2: supposed to be fifties here this weekend. So
1: quit saying, <laughs> quit being a naysayer. You have to think
2: positive, <laughs> cold thoughts. It's been cold this week, and there's been frost, and it's been freezing. Frost it's just... on
1: the pumpkin, literally. Yeah. Frost on yeah, the pumpkin. I like it. All right. Very cool, Jeff. What are you drinking tonight? I am
2: drinking. This is something very good i hadn't had before lining kugels toasted bach a refreshing take taste of traditional bach beer and it's Lining kugels which isn't like super crazy but it says lining kugels toasted bach is a refreshing take on a traditional bach beer a style that originated in southern germany in the early 17th century we combine German and American ingredients to create a light, smooth, lightly toasted version of a Bach beer. We hope you love it as much as we do. The Kugel family.
1: That's a story. Uh, every beer you have has got this long, like, <laughs> diatribe-type story. But it's good. It's very. I found it very interesting. I appreciate it. I'm, dr- I'm dry. Well, after you read all so those words, you're dry, of course. <laughs> Maybe that's part of the scheme. I almost thought when you said toasted... Oh, I, I heard that, though. That sounded good yet, even though I'm jabbering. Go ahead and drink it. Mm. Then I'll tell you my job. My when okay. you said toasted, continue, I continue. thought you were going to say, like, toasted French toast or caramel or something crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I was worried. I was worried. So I am I am continuing on my old man beer trend. I'm old just so beers. excited about this trend. I think it's great. So tonight, I, I stopped by the old gas station, and I bought quite possibly the biggest can of bud light i've ever owned in my life it is uh, i will not drink all of this well i probably will but i don't know i might not what is that like a I 24 don't even ounce know. Or it, doesn't even, it doesn't even care to tell you what it is it just it's just, a, it from a gas it's just station. bud light and it says and it, the print is like you can you guys can't see it but <coughs> the print on this thing's like 14 it's like 16 font it's huge always brewed using the choicest hops best barley malt and rice I wasn't aware there was rice in Bud
2: Light. Uh, Bud Light is, or Bud is a rice is beer. It? Like they make. It See, from rice. I didn't
1: even yeah. I didn't even know or think about that. But I am gonna drink this Bud Light. Here we go. Hard to argue with that.
2: It's so big; it has a different sound. Like you can hear that it's it bigger. <laughs>
1: <That's> about- <laughs> can you put both hands on that oh, thing? Yeah. Both hands. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah I, I, yeah. I still have room. Yep, that is a Bud Light. Yeah. Oh, and, and um, hang on, though. I got a pair. Oh.
2: You don't have a koozie that size, do you, for a 24-ounce beer? Uh, this is dangerous. You got the ice oatmeal cookie dispenser yep, again?
1: Yep, I know. I'm going to not try to choke on the cookie this show.
2: I mean, I had to edit half the podcast out last time because you were yeah, dying. Yeah, so some of
1: you may have cookies. noticed I maybe not was not on my game on the last podcast. And so to come clean, when I ate the cookie... I was out of practice apparently, and I I was trying to chew and breathe at the same time and inhaled that said cookie and it really took me quite a while to clear that. We should have just stopped. Yeah, we tried and paused. But it just it didn't we work. just had to forge ahead. So you know the last show may maybe wasn't our our best quality, but you know we're going to keep moving forward, right? We can only go up from there.
2: So so I got two comments here, Jay, before we move on from our beers. First, I am not convinced that a Bud Light is an old man beer.
1: It's been around since I was a kid. but Like long before I like, was a kid. And a lot of the old men I knew drank it. True.
2: But like a PBR, I think old man I, beer. I don't know. If you ask 10 people... Is Bud Light an old man I beer? I think it
1: is. I don't. Let, know let's you find out. More than how long half. has Old Bud Light been around? I'm Googling. I don't think it's
2: about how long. I mean, my German beer was made in the 1800s. I mean, that doesn't make it an old man beer. Okay.
1: Okay. Let me. Is Bud Light an old man beer?
2: What well, you? If it, the internet's yeah. It's true, I mean,
1: I'm true? I'm polling the internet. <laughs> <sighs> I see the old guys drinking it.
2: Yeah, but young people do too. Like I see it on sports and football in
1: I don't know. I I think you need to they're I mean, it's on Etsy, old Bud Light. Like an old Bud Light Light. Uh, You don't Mm. think that's an old man beer, huh?
2: I don't know. I think we can hear from our listeners if you think Bud Light is an old man beer or not, right? Like you can, I don't know how we're going to collect this information, but you can
1: send us an email. I don't know. Here, here's Maybe an a article. Here's a an article from Fox News, so it's got to be true. What an <laughs> old man's choice in beer reveals about his personality. Let's let's just do this. All right, real quick. We're going to go real quick. Bud Light.
2: It, real man, quick. It's
1: not, I, okay, God, I apologize. I'm going to drink it anyway for the show because I drank it. Do but it. But according to Fox News, which is fair and balanced. When you think of Bud Light, does a frat boy playing games in his vineyard vines polo come to mind? What even is that? They're saying vineyard vines. You've seen those people. Like
2: it's it's a a winery, a winery, a winery, a winery in California. I
1: guess. I guess they're saying it's not. It's not an old man. Yeah. God. It's okay. We we all have days like this, Jason. I know. (laughs) (sighs) All right.
2: That's okay. It'll still taste good and I enjoy a good body. I'm still
1: light, gonna call so. it old man beer.
2: All right. I mean I mean y- you're drinking it. I, I
1: am <laughs> so so there you have it. Yeah. All right. All right. So, oh, so hey, there was some I'm, I'm other gonna point. Say this is, I'm gonna say maybe Fox News isn't right. I'm gonna go on a limb. Because in the Boston Globe on the CBS local show in 2020, which is more current than the other article, a hundred and three year old dude celebrated. His 103rd year old birthday with a Bud Light. This lady did. I guess that's a lady. An old lady beer, maybe. But. <laughs> I don't think that helps your cause. All right. I think <laughs> we're going to move on. I'm going back. <laughs> okay. What do we got? I'm sure we're going to get some right. comments on this beer.
0: Anyway. Oh, gosh. Um, All right. So we're moving on to show quick, business, yeah, Jay.
2: Yeah. All right. We're moving on from our, I'm our beers. Be quiet. Yeah. Just consume it fully, please. <laughs> um, patron, not Patron. A great way to support the show. So we um, got a new patron this we week, Jay. Yeah, Matt K., who uh, g- came in at the guide level. So we have a couple different levels, and there's some benefits at each one. And we appreciate every patron at any level. Um, but that helps us support the show. I mean, we pay for the hosting of our podcast and the website and that kind of stuff. So really appreciate that. Um, you can see there's some different levels, and... Thanks thanks to Matt or Matthew, I don't know.
1: He goes by Matt you I know. think.
2: Okay. You, you may know who and, this
1: and is. And does he get a hat? Do we have to send him a hat at that level or not? We don't. So he
2: came in at the guide level. So um, if you look at our our different levels, we have uh well, we have different levels. I can't believe He bring just up doesn't right get a hat. He doesn't get a hat. You have to go to the next level after that which I believe is the legend level. You get a hat. At the legend, yeah, you get no a hat. No hat for Matt. Okay, good. No.
1: I'd mail it later. But later.
2: Matt could, if he chose, buy that hat on our hardwritershow.com slash merch page.
1: Yes. Yeah. We'll, we're, let's talk about that more later. Let's come back to that. Okay. Shall we? We'll kind of Kay. move through because so. we'll get to some fishing yep. stuff.
2: So um, the other, next thing is... Uh, Amazon affiliate link. So I did set up an Amazon affiliate link. It's a great way to support the show. If you go to hardwidershow.com, there's an Amazon link at the top. If you do your shopping that you normally do on Amazon and you go through that link, it'll help support the show. We get a some minor little cut of what it is, but it helps us pay for, for keeping the show going. So that's there. Um, I, I will put some links in there for some gear we talk about that happens to be on Amazon. Um, certainly make your own choices, but it's just a way to... Without doing anything, can kind of get back to the costs show.
1: Costs you no more money.
2: Yes, costs you no more money. Yeah. Exactly. Um, the gear we kind of touched on this a little bit. The hardwritershow.com slash merch So the merchandise um, we have a t-shirt and a sweatshirt and a winter hat that you can buy with the new logo um, and the I wouldn't in the current logo. There's kind of two different versions of the logo on there, and you can do that. And just another update on our listeners: we're, we made over a hundred thousand downloads over the summer, so we're at about one hundred six thousand downloads. So thank you for everybody for downloading that. Um, best place to interact with us is on social media: is Instagram and Facebook. Uh, we have YouTube, which Jason probably still has not been on our YouTube page.
1: Regrettably, not. I was on it once last year, but I think you posted a link to something, and I followed it by accident and ended up there. <laughs>
2: Um, you can email us at show at gmail.com and remember that we read everything uh, even if we don't respond to it so
1: yeah current events so ice fishing is starting to get in the news which is cool um, we've got limits so our minnesota listeners and, and folks that travel up to minnesota to fish um, limits, were, 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 limits were released for mille Lacs and red lake um, red lake has and double check all this information please mileage may vary looks like red lake has a four walleye bag limit with only one over 17 inches but you can still bring home some nice eaters which is nice
2: yeah that's that's good one um
1: and then let's see Malax, you can keep one walleye between 21 and 23 so that's a nice eater as well or one long real nice eater, yeah. a little bigger, yeah, it's bigger than i usually size, keep but, but you know i would for you I know because that's what the lake allows um, yep. I normally wouldn't keep them that big, but if you're looking for a meal and that's all you caught, I might keep one to fry up, um, or only one longer than 28. So it's kind of a wall hanger type fish. Um, and they're out there. They're in the. Uh, they're out there. This is the sixth consecutive year of a winter walleye harvest on Malax, so that's that's good. Oh look! At, did you see the bottom here, Jay? This is different.
2: Um, you can only keep five tulibee used to be able to keep 10 okay okay and then also um you cannot keep eel pout anymore so that's new huh yeah i don't i think before you could keep an eel pout i don't know that there was we
1: we'll might have to dig into that one a little bit more why they shut down the
2: eel pout you know if you think about eel pout you know they are definitely in mille Lacs. i mean i've caught them there but you know they really like the deepest part of the coldest part of the lake and they only really bite in the winter. Um, you know, but Malax isn't that deep, yeah. right? And it, So maybe they don't have any place to hide. I'm well,
1: not sure. I think I was reading last year about guys that were really hammering those things. Like they found kind of where they mm. live, like the Eelpout Cave or mm. something. And they were just hauling them in. So I wonder if they had some gotcha. over-harvest go on with those. But to go to none, well, that's a pretty I mean, big swing. But If they ball up, like in a pile... To your point where yeah. there's not a lot of spots they go, you know, you yeah. could have had, I don't know, we'll have to dig into that. I'm just guessing, yeah. but we'll, we'll have to dig into that. We'll come back to that at some point.
2: All right. All right. So for listener news, we wanted to, we did, I did throw something out on Facebook for some questions. So uh, for the first time this year, we will go through a few questions. So Jay, did you have any that you picked out here that you wanted to talk about first?
1: No, you go first. <laughs> All right, I have to go okay. look at him. Uh, this is my favorite. You didn't, favorite pu- you didn't one put him and- in the list. No, I, I got go to go out and look out at. Them.
2: So, Jason, this is for you, and I'm going to ask. Okay, it. Jake Weber asked, "What's the best tall boy gas station beer for ice fishing?" This is like on topic.
1: Well, <laughs> hey, you really put me on the spot. I mean, I think a Steel Reserve.
2: Steel Reserve, yeah. okay. Yeah. Ice? Do they have an ice version?
1: They do there is an ice. There is an ice, uh what is it? Uh
2: they call it cold steel yeah, or something. Yeah, like yeah, that. there is
1: a there is an ice one. I mean every gas station kind of has a little different deal going on there. Mm-hmm. I mean I'm I'm drinking a very substantial can of Bud Light right now. If you could find a can of old style like that, you can't, though they don't make them that I'm aware of. So
2: I'm going steel reserve. So Aaron listens to um, another podcast that's pretty popular called True Crime Garage. Okay. It's about, she really likes it, but they also drink uh, beer on their episodes. We're not unique, imagine that. Their listeners actually will send beers in for them to try out. So we are fully on board with people sending beers in to us. I feel like we should get to
1: like bourbon and people can send us bourbon. (laughs)
2: you're going to get some steel reserved. you know i'll drink it man somebody sends me free beer
1: unless (laughs) it's like super hoppy and tastes like carpet i'll probably drink it
2: somebody's going to make a carpet beer just for you i hope
1: not i'm not the guy to 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 try to sell your hoppy beer i'll tell you that
2: all right so drake schubert asked us what do you guys do to start getting ready for the ice season we're doing it right now i go to ice fishing shows i look at my gear I think about what gear I was missing from last year. I think about ice fishing. I start the podcast. I mean, this time of year, you can't quite go yet, but I, I feel like it's making sure your gear is ready. But um, I don't know. I like to go to ice fishing shows and look at ice fishing websites, watch YouTube videos.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's about starting that planning process if you're going to try to do some big trips. We've done that already. Like we've already looked in advance about where we want to go um, on a bigger trip this year out to Devils. And kind of done some of the, a lot of the preliminary planning for that already because you can't do that at the last minute trying to find lodging and all that jazz. Um, nope. It's about pulling out your gear and, and uh, trying to organize that, making sure the mice haven't eaten your ice shack. You know, you used to get your ice auger out and make sure it ran good and tuned up. But now you just, you know, make sure your batteries are plugged in. So that's a little bit different than than what it used to be. Um, charging your if you haven't charged your batteries on your finders, doing that, starting to talk to the wife about you know how that new panoptix live scope would make it safer to ice fish. She doesn't buy it, but it's always worth a try. You know those kind. I, of I things.
2: did get an invoice. Like I got an invoice the other day. Like I asked about some prices of things, and I got an invoice, and I sent it to Aaron. I said, "Look at this is how much it costs."
1: Oh, and how'd that go for you? Did that result? Well, in anything? it's
2: still I have the invoice. It hasn't been. I haven't. I haven't. He you submitted know, a re- signed the purchase. You submitted a request to, her, yeah. to
1: the Minister of Finance and War. That's exactly. Exactly. It. And uh, yeah,
2: I think get told no. No.
1: But <laughs> my uh, my know. accountant's tough. She's she's tough cookie. So
2: any advice for a beginner hardwater fisherman in the south suburbs of Chicago? This is my second season, and I couldn't be more excited for safe ice. So, I don't know. I I
1: I, I have some advice for that. I think. And I, I think it actually isn't my own advice. I think it came from the short rod show when we talked to those guys, Jeff. They yep. connected with the local park biology guys
0: and okay. said, Hey,
1: what you know, where's 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 what sh- where, what should we be doing? Where should we be going? And got a lot of intel from them. So if you're in that Chicago area, you're gonna be fishing your parks and, and your different little ponds and, and small lakes around there, I would connect with the, I'd find out who the fishery pe- fisheries management people are, and I would connect with them directly and say, "Hey, can you give me some pointers and advice on where to start?" That's that's what I would do, to be honest. Tony asked a really good question. What do you feel is missing right now for youth anglers in terms of education or opportunities available? So I think part of the challenge there is is, and Jeff and I actually were just talking about this a couple minutes ago before we started the show is we really have because it's it's fun but it also has created a problem we've commercialized ice fishing so much we've promoted at some level that you have to have a, a panoptix garmin livescope or you have to have a 500 dollar flasher or you have to have a 500 dollar auger to go ice fishing snow bear what's that a snow, a snow, bear. snow bear yeah you know i and, and unfortunately that attitude does impact people entering the sport because they're like, well, I can't afford that, so I don't go do it. Well, really all you need is is a stick, a piece of line. I mean, actually, ice fishing is more affordable from an entry-level standpoint than a lot of fishing. You know, it's a, akin to bank fishing. You, you need a pole, you need a line, you need a way to get a hole through the ice. And actually, if you go to a, a common lake, you hardly even need an auger because you're going to find all sorts of holes that you can kick open and go fishing. So I, nope. I think... What's missing is us, our show would be included in this, really communicating how to get started in the sport without spending a whole bunch of money.
2: I do think, though, Jay, like, I know that's where we are at in our journey of ice Mm -hmm. fishing. But, you know, when I was a kid, um, it was funny. We were, um, it was a long time ago, right? It (laughs) was, um, Even for summer fishing, I used to take my bike and my fishing pole and just bike down and do shore fishing at the lake that was closest to my house. Now, I live in Minnesota, so there was always a, there was a lake five minutes bike ride from my yep. house, right? But, but ice fishing was the same way for me. I mean, we would just, in the winter, we didn't ride our bikes, but we would get a ride to the lake, right? And we'd just walk out there and go yep. ice fishing. I had those, what do they call them? Schoolie rods? Yep, I think, the school you know, Short rod show yeah. guys, again, they use those all the time. Um you know that's really all you need, and maybe some bait like a waxy or a minnow, right? And a hook and a bobber. I mean, it. it and when we had bobbers, it was the squishy ones with the dowel in the middle. Yeah, Even like a slip bobber, right?
1: You can get it. Right? You, you know, if you want an auger, I mean, you can get a cheap hand auger for, geez, almost free anymore. Guys will yes. darn near give them away to a young guy yep. or gal trying to get out fishing. So so. So I don't
2: think it's I don't think there's a lot of barriers. I think there's a lot of expectations to like mm-hmm. what people have. But I mean, if you're a kid, I mean, I remember a few years ago we were at the St. Paul Ice Fishing Show, the big one, and they were handing out schoolie rods. Yeah. They were giving them away, right, like to anybody that wanted one. So um, I, I think if you're a kid and you want to get into it, um, you know, I mean, I I didn't even grow up with a parent who was really a fisherman, right? And you didn't grow up with an ice fisherman. No, parent. absolutely not. I don't. Th- right. So. So I, I think, you know, you got to have a motivated kid that really wants to do it, which there are some out there. And, you know, you don't really have to have that much gear. Certainly for less than the price of a video game, you can be out in the ice.
1: Absolutely. Machine. Absolutely.
2: Ooh, I got in the soapbox there just a
1: little you, bit. Yeah, a little bit. Oh, <laughs> I, I did too. I did too.
2: Jay, moving on to gear. Talk about some gear here. It looks like you had the first thing, clam lock rod holders?
1: Yeah, I, I was kind of poking around trying to figure out what is new, and I, I did come across this. Um, I don't even remember how or why, but it looks like Clam came out with a couple of, they're coming out with a line of stuff that attaches to their hubs, and then different things you can stick on them. One of them, which is the the rod lock holder, uh, the rod holder. So you, you put a little adapter on your your hub on your Clam, and then these rod holders attached to that. And they also have like a cup holder and, and some different things. So I, I think it's kind of cool. They're trying to accessorize kind of where to put things in a hub. And you know, that's always a problem of on a hub. Sometimes if it's slushy and stuff inside, it's kind of hard to put stuff on the floor. So I thought that mm-hmm. was kind of cool. Uh, you know, if, if you have a clam and you're looking for an accessory, uh, I also thought, you know, 20 bucks for the, the price point on it's reasonable. It's not stupid, so
2: yeah i saw though when we were at the next thing we'll talk about is i went to that north metro Ice mm-hmm. show but they had clam had a pretty big display there because they're i mean they're headquartered in rogers sure. just down the road from oh house yeah and, absolutely and um they had those things on a bunch of different things they had a snow bear that was or not snow bear sorry a snow dog that was really outfitted and they had some of those they had them kind of They were for the hub shacks, but it looked like they were kind of putting them on everything, right? And they had, like you said, rod holders and um, cup holders, and there were some other accessories too. So, you know, like I mentioned, I went to that North Metro Ice show. It was in at uh, Adrenaline Sports Center. It was kind of like a big football field that they had it in. So I was really bummed. So I couldn't go on Saturday, and that's when they had all the, like, like trick-your-trap custom stuff.
1: Yeah, I can't believe you missed that. That's kind of sucks.
2: I went there, and there was a big empty space. And, and I'm like, where are the ice shacks? I'm like, oh, they were only here on Saturday. So I missed them, and I've, I've seen them before, but um, I'll catch them next year. So I missed that cool part. So I need a little bit I of need another
1: cookie here, yep. Jeff. Hang on a minute. Be careful. Careful.
2: careful. <laughs> but you can't fling one to me.
1: There it came out. Okay, I got it.
2: <laughs> this is awkward to watch. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> um,. All right, so, but I did see some cool things there, a few cool things. Um, probably my favorite thing that I saw, I talked to um, Frank Herr, who owns Hit Lures. Um, he's on Facebook, is very passionate about fishing, and I'm hoping to actually have him on the show here this year. That'd be cool. But he started his own lure company, and they're really, it's about injection-molded plastic. It's basically plastics, right? So it was funny. I was, like, confused because he was showed me his lure, or, you know, plastics, and he had lots of different colors, and they had scents in them, right? So I'm like, oh, this looks pretty cool. And he was demoing them. And, and they were, like, crappie size ones, right? So he had a jig, like a tungsten jig with a small plastic, and he had lots of different kinds. Hmm. And so then I'm like, oh, they were really reasonably priced. And so I wanted to try a couple. I bought a couple, and he hands them to me. And, I mean, it looked like an octopus. <laughs> like... So there was like a uh, plastic going down the middle, and then on all the sides were like little not octopus, I guess, almost like little arms, like a some kind of caterpillar or something, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I just saw what you fished with there, and you gave me this thing that looks like a caterpillar, right, with art with legs. And he's like, oh, you break them off. So each each leg was a lure. Or each leg was a plastic okay. to put on your your hook. I was just so confused. You yeah, put the whole the thing on. Yeah, well, I would, have, I would have gone out fishing and put the whole thing on there and gone, that's kind of weird, but yeah. So so it was pretty cool. He had lots of different colors and he had scents. Um, but these were things that he had fished with and caught fish with in um, primarily in like southern Minnesota, okay. so, but crappie, sunny, that kind of stuff. So super passionate about um, what he did, so I'm hoping to have him on. It was just a, a startup kind of custom lure place. Um, I'll put his link out on our site, cool. but we don't get anything. It's just just awesome to see kind of independent independent people building stuff. Yeah, so. that is cool. Arctic Anchor. So, I don't know if you've seen these before today, so mm-hmm. yeah. So basically, I don't have an ATV and it, it seemed like they weren't marketing it for a pickup truck like it wouldn't work for that big. So basically, it's actually pretty simple. It's a long rod of steel or some kind of metal, right? And with a rope attached to it. <laughs> I mean, that's really all it is, right? And in a bag. So let's pretend you're out in early ice. Your four-wheeler goes through. You're by yourself. You can get on the ice, stick this down a hole, and like brace it in a hole, tie the rope to it, so you can pull your, your ATV out. So it's kind of like a safety thing. Yep. But but really, like, after you've screwed up.
1: <laughs> yeah. <Right? laughs> so I'm, Yeah, I'm watching this. I, I pulled up their video, and, and I think it's, it's kind of a neat thing. Right. I would... I, Oh, it seems like they got a little weight on there maybe. I would always mention because not everybody knows this kind of stuff anytime you're winching or pulling a thing out you always need to put something over the top of that line oh. um, you want why is that just yeah see that. I it don't keeps it it keeps it from that little bit of weight or bags you know sometimes when you do recovery stuff you do a bag if you're doing a chain it keeps it from snapping back directly back at the vehicle or the person people can get Hmm. killed by a snapping cable yeah so when you're putting all that weight and tension on a cable or a line you just you know you can i don't know i you throw a heavy coat over it or whatever and it just keeps it it takes the kinetic energy out of it so it doesn't snap back and hit you in the head and kill you
2: i've seen people do that i didn't know that was why so
1: that's why they do that you just and i I'm probably not giving the best advice, so you can feel free to look it, look it up more directly. But that's the reason why. So you always throw something over that to keep it from snapping back.
2: I bet you Matt's off-road recovery on YouTube.
1: He doesn't do that because he uses those special ropes, the snap those um, those awesome ropes that are super cool. Snap. Yeah, the, Matt's off-road recovery rope. Exactly. Yeah, we're plugging him now. <laughs> we could get him on I the show, and it. he could talk talk to us about like pulling cars out of the snow. Yeah, we're we're too yeah. small time for that, but no,
2: yeah, we definitely are. Be cool. um, so okay, the next thing I saw that was interesting was um, it's Mackenzie Innovation. So it was a, for spear fishing. So they make um, it's a decoy for spear fishing, and it doesn't look like a fish. It's, it does not. It's like a big it's a big spoon with a couple really bright uh, golf balls on it, and you put it down the hole and it attracts fish. Huh. So it's like it almost looks like a wind chime. It does, to me. yeah. <laughs> That's what I thought they were. I'm like, why am I gonna buy this ugly wind chime? But, but no, it's it's for spear fishing. So you put it down your hole for spear fishing, and it's it's basically like a daredevil spoon, just colored with some balls, and then it has a line that you put down. They did say they've seen people use them for like walleye fishing as like you know your jig attractor thing, but it's mostly for spear fishing. So, so. It felt a little bit more like, and I'm not a spear fisherman, so I don't know, but it certainly caught the fishermen, (laughs) right? I mean, they must work. I'm sure they do, but it looked kind kind of of weird looking thing, yeah. Okay. Uh, And then the last thing have you seen these, Jay? The Buddy Flex cooker? Yes. Heater cooker? I have. I don't get it. Like, so basically, it's a Buddy heater that's like kind of oddly shaped. It's not like any other Buddy heater I've seen. It's kind of a square, and. then it has this accessory that's like a griddle or a a cooker that you put on top or on the side. I don't know. I don't totally get it.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like a multi-function heater. Um, I think... I don't want to give you guys incorrect information. Of course, it wouldn't be the first time. But (laughs) I think the downside of this machine is that it's kind of like a one you can use the cooker or then you can Heat with it, but you can't cook with it and heat with it simultaneously. And so that you know that that becomes an issue. At some, it's one
2: hundred and fifty bucks, which I thought was cheap for a heater, much less a heater cooker, but. I don't know. I don't really understand it, but that's why I it mentioned looks it. Awful I bulky. It looks
1: awful bulky to me. I don't know. I don't know if I'm a fan. I'd have to look at this thing in the store. But it looks kind of bulky, and it's only 8,000, 11,000 BTU. So that's, um, yeah. that is that uh, is like your big buddy heater. That's your hunting buddy or yeah. portable. Your big buddy is nine nine to 18,000. So it's actually less yeah. heat than the big buddy. But it's bigger than a big but buddy bigger than
2: a big buddy, So but it has like a stove in the bottom or something but
1: that's an accessory know. you have to buy it doesn't come with it yeah
2: i don't know i haven't figured it out yet so hopefully know. somebody can send us straight
1: i don't know <laughs> i'm skeptical of this maybe they can send us one to try out and we can report back but
2: i mean i guess we can try that yeah, yeah um, and you'll know either they didn't send us one because we won't talk about it or they did send us one, and we didn't talk about it because we didn't no, like you, it. you may never know.
1: <laughs>
2: or we tried it and we liked it, and then you'll hear about yeah. it. But I don't know. Three might be less likely. Well,
1: I think I think are we ready to move on to our topic? Absolutely. So, but before we do that, I wanted to come back to our merchandise. So, um, we have start. We have a store open, essentially, with a, a local clothing company here where I live. And what they do is they set up a store for us that runs for a particular period of time. And that closes, Jeff, do you remember when? It
2: closes in 11 days, 3 hours, 22 minutes, and 23
1: seconds. Got it. So in that time period, the store is open. And so you can purchase hats, sweatshirts, and T-shirts with our logo on it. And um, that will get shipped to you. And it helps support the show and helps, uh, you know, so if you wear that out, you might find other people that enjoy the show, come have some commonality, make some new friends, maybe find a new fishing spot. Um, you know, who knows? Maybe they give you some investing advice. You invest and make a million dollars and then retire and ice fish every day. So it could lead to that. So I would suggest uh, trying I to buy could. some. It, it's kind of like if you give a mouse a muffin kind of deal. <laughs> if something. you give a mouse a muffin, off to the race as you go. So that they have
2: Jason, I will say the shirts and sweatshirts and hats have the new HWFS like kind of smaller abbreviation logo on the front, yep. and then the the logo you've seen before on the back. Correct. If you don't want to do the math, that does close on Sunday, November fourteenth. If you don't want to talk about what eleven days. From
1: yeah, I didn't want to do the so. math. Notice, I didn't <laughs> I didn't pull up a calendar and a calculator to do that. So,
2: and you can get there from our website and order and.
1: You know, yeah, we tried to do this and said it. We've done the Red Bubble thing for a while, and it, it's just really—it was kind of costly to get gear to mm-hmm. you guys. So this was our our lowest cost option to get some gear to you guys and and to try to um, add a little bit to support the show as well. So awesome. So Jay,
2: are we off to our topic? We then? are. Sweet. Do you want to lead us? All in right. The next?
1: So we teamed up with Northwood Northwoods Dave. He's been working on an ice shack and we talked to him tonight and he's going to tell us all about it. Today on the Hardwater
2: Fishing Show, we are excited to welcome Northwoods Dave. He is going to tell us all about his ice shack build from conception to reality.
1: That's exciting.
2: We've
1: been getting pictures of this thing for like two years, I think.
0: No, I just started last, maybe last fall. All right, well, start, okay, so start us at start, the beginning.
1: Start from the beginning. How, how did the idea for you to build a, an ice shack come about? Because you had one. Like, why do you need another one? Well, Jay, we need to talk about what kind of ice shack, because there's
2: lots of ice shacks out there. We're talking about a wheelhouse. Correct. That that has a floor, a hard-sided wheelhouse that you can put on the ice and tow it on the
0: road. Well, the reason why I I had an old camper, Maybe I think it was like six by eight, six by 10. And of course it stuck off the ice, like 12 feet or 12 feet. 12 <laughs> inches. It's it was crazy. like a tree house. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. A yeah.
1: And <laughs> when I'm you say good.
2: old, are we talking like, like the
1: sixties
2: maybe okay. oh, or so old, whatever. Wow,
1: that's, yeah. That's, you that's know, old. so vintage, I, you had a vintage trailer. Yeah. It's worth more like, money if you call it vintage. <laughs> collector's item had
0: patina
1: patina yeah. lots of patina. Yeah. like us we have a lot of patina
0: yep <laughs> closing it on
1: vintage yeah
0: and i used to put like a wood skirt around the outside you know okay. between that and you're up off the ice about a foot
1: 12 inch yeah
0: yeah but then after a while i thought when you got older you got shorter but I think I was getting taller, or the ceiling of the thing was getting shorter. So could be
1: a combination,
0: maybe yeah, a little bit. But okay. I've never 90, heard of anybody getting older when they're in their forties. No, Short,
1: older when they're in their forties, or
2: shorter
0: when they're <laughs> shorter, <40s>. shorter. <laughs> I went shorter. <laughs> so it was time to do something. So, and I conned my sponsor into a. Uh, Building a new one, <laughs> my wife.
1: Because she was not concerned about the height of the old
0: frame. Uh, She was not concerned <laughs> about the ceiling height. She could walk anywhere in there. So Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I started my thinking and ideas, and I was just going to fabricate and made my own jack down frame. But then she was looking on her Facebook pages like she does and found a old... Jackdown frame, ice house, for okay. sale. So, well, went and looked at that. And, well, the ice house part was, you know, junk. But the frame looked somewhat decent. And I So, could so elaborate on, on junk. Like junk. Okay, what's like, junk? What's junk to you? Uh, like rotten. You know, the walls were getting pretty shaky and rotten.
1: So not really an upgrade from what you had. Uh, no, yeah, not at all. But okay.
0: the metal frame was good on it for so, a jack down.
1: So good bones. Yeah. Or so, spine or something. Well, Some sort of skeleton.
0: Good skeleton trailer frame. Good feet. A good feet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, uh, we... I... <laughs>
1: My analogies aren't very good tonight. But anyway, no. so you got a trailer. It had good feet. Move on.
0: Yes, and put my arch supports on it. Perfect. So, <laughs> so brought that home, uh, tore it down to the frame. Uh, I had to do some fabrication on the frame to make it to my standards and make it to my size. It was. What, what does
1: that mean, fabrication? Like hit it with a hammer was there a welder involved? A torch? Just some sort of implement of destruction? What were you using? Uh, welder, grinder,
0: torch. Uh, a Used lot to all of the things. Metal work. Okay, done. You know, shortened up the tongue. It was actually a 18 foot frame and 8 foot wide, but I didn't want it that wide because I normally just have it stored by the lake in summer on shore. Use it for. Life jackets, everything else. And then I call my ice house a two thousand yarder or a two hundred yarder. Goes out a hundred yards, comes back hundred yards. That's You're giving away
1: goes. your fishing spot. People use Google, an <laughs> unknown lake. Yes,
2: <laughs> somewhere so, in Minnesota. Somewhere
1: it could be in your Minnesota. hot spot. Yourself. I'm so, gonna pull. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get a poor. Uh, Drop-down shack, just to pull it right out in front of your house and drop <laughs> it.
0: Are you on, you're on
1: Nunya Lake, right? Nunya. Yeah.
0: Nunya business. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep. Okay, so you did some metal work. You massaged it. You made it narrower?
0: Well, it was actually... I didn't really want it to go over the wheels, like to make it eight foot. Oh. You know? So, otherwise, that would be sure. more fabrication, welding, torching other stuff Mm -hmm. i didn't want it that heavy and wide Mm -hmm. because i normally just pull it out with the four-wheeler here sure and if you start building it big then you might have to use your truck to pull it out but i like to be out there first ice maybe six inches ice eight i always push a little bit so but i'm out there testing it Safe matter with the spud bar. And we've had
1: video on this previously. (laughs) So people want to scroll back on our Facebook site. You can actually see video of Dave testing ice.
0: But normally I just use my cordless drill with a regular drill bit. And, you know, your drill bits are like four and a half, five inches long. Go out there, drill. Once you can't go through, you get out your little bit bigger stuff to test out thickness for driving out there. Okay. If you're talking the spud bar, or are we talking? Oh,
2: god, a nice chisel? I was hoping you weren't. Even
1: <laughs> <this>. <laughs> there's well, also a whole episode on that, folks. Uh, which episode, Jeff? Do we know?
2: Oh, I don't know.
1: All right, there's been well,
2: multiple the, episodes.
1: There'll
0: be a free sticker for the first person. to send No, there you won't an email. be no, because okay. I'll
1: forget to mail it. No, oh. terrible. <laughs> I gotta quit making promises I can't keep. <laughs> oh,
0: I tried. So.
1: If you meet me at the ice fishing show, I'll ask Jeff if he has a sticker for you.
0: So there you go. <laughs> well, we have to make this more exciting this episode. So you never know what's going to happen. All right. So I do. <laughs> <laughs> so
2: let's reel it back in. So you got a frame. I like you're, that. You're was talking. Good, a, that was good. Real, you're talking real a fishing, six. Really. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking six and a half feet wide frame for the primary base of your ice shack, right? Six by 14. I made it. Six by 14. Oh, it's not even six and a half. It's six by 14. Okay. Yep. So you're fabricated at eight by
0: 16? Well, it was actually a 18 foot long. One. 18.
2: So and you went so, eight to 18 to six by 14. Yep. Um, okay. Because portability and lightness to get yep. it out on
0: safe uh, on ice.
1: Yeah. Safe ice on Nunya Lake. Yep. And then you had extra metal. You didn't have to go buy any metal to, to weld because you had extra.
0: Oh, yeah. I always have spare parts laying around, like in the, I even cut the tongue off and shorten that and then shorten the, the jack for the hitch in the front and everything else. So
1: cool. Very cool. So,
2: so you cut, so when you cut down the frame, so you ripped off the old ice shack, cut down the frame. Um, what did you use for the base? Like what's the,
0: the first step of, of building this after you get the yeah, frame, what's the floor whatever. made out of the floor? I did green treat. 3 quarter inch plywood. Okay? So,
1: very good. And you yeah, how do you attach it to the frame?
0: I use self-tapping screws, but then I also had a well, was that PL400 uh, glue glued, it down. Glued and screwed. Glued and screwed.
1: That those <laughs> self-tapping things with an impact driver are just the cat's meow, aren't they? No, you just, they? You don't have to like drill and then try not to get it moved. You just Right through.
0: Well, the ones I used were a little bit heavier, so you did have to uh, drill a pilot hole. To oh, that's so no
1: fun. You just give it to what for?
0: <laughs> yeah, but when you're going through some some good steel, it's a little bit tougher.
1: Give it to all the ugga
0: Yeah, and then you come up with a uh, no-self-tapper, and it's all
1: dull and... <laughs> it's all round. I may have experienced that <laughs> previously. But you just get another one, you just keep 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 going it. at it. Yeah. Eventually it. something's
0: gonna happen.
2: Yeah. You're so old. you're screwed and glued. You're screwed and glued. <laughs> and and then um, so I think this is where we differ, Dave. Um, on the material of your flooring on top of your, your screwed and glued plywood.
1: Yeah, like oak cardwood or what? What do you got?
2: What do you got for flooring inside the shack?
0: Like on top of my plywood? Yes. Yeah. Well, I have a friend that uh, borrowed a little two by two commercial carpet squares, you know, that they use in uh, mm-hmm. everywhere, you know. Yep. And I have that on top of it.
1: Back up. A so. friend borrowed two by two carpet squares <laughs> and you've got them in your ice shack.
0: Are you going to them back? He well uh, he might be a professional uh, carpet layer or something like okay. that. So. so there's some I,
1: excess product that you're able to save maybe. from the
0: landfill. You upcycled. He would have thrown it away. Yeah, so, you upcycled. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You, you you very green option. Good for you. Yeah. Save hey, the planet. You, you save the right planet. You've got carpet in there, and Jeff doesn't like carpet because hooks get caught in it when you drop them. And yes. it gets
2: wet and stinky and fish guts and
1: but that's that's
0: the best thing about these two by two squares. Okay. You know, I didn't glue them down. They sort of stay in place. Oh, I could okay. throw them out, add more because I might have a few extra laying around.
1: So you could, every spring you could take them all out, par wash them and put them all back. Yeah, you could
0: like do that too. Far. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm a little more
2: on board because I have a rubber floor in my shack. And I like, I mean, when you drill holes, there's water everywhere and it's nice to have that rubber floor. So,
0: well, I thought about vinyl or, other stuff like that wood flooring stuff, but yeah, if it gets cold, open it up, that's gonna be slick. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's the only thing about that ice when you're walking in there, especially on the floor, opening up your doors. Yeah.
1: Well, and freeze good. I mean, that's a good price. Yeah, yeah. Hard so to put that's... up, you know, hard to if you're not in the position to have to buy something, you might as well go with the free. Yep. Correct.
2: Yeah. I, I will say that rubber floor I have in mind is not slippery, like you said. It's like, like little, I don't know what they call it, like, you know, circle, nickel circle flooring or whatever. It's like black. It's not slick like vinyl floor would be, but yeah, I get that. Okay. So we got the floor. We got the carpet that was
1: borrowed. Borrowed carpet. Is it just a flatbed out there?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, before I put the carpet on, I built the walls and everything else. So
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I was up there for part of that. Yeah. so did you um your walls are two by four two by no, three two by three two by three saved a, I, a half inch there
0: well i thought two by weight. twos always look so flimsy they do dealing with stuff and two by fours would add on a lot of more weight
1: yeah it and, adds up
0: man two by threes were right in the middle and that's what i built my frame on
1: how come you didn't go like the steel studs or whatever are those heavier those would probably be heavier, and I'm
0: not an Okay,
1: <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. True. Very true. He would even agree. he yeah, you know you're not. Um, he's happy about that, I think. So, okay, so is there any windows in this thing, or is it just like a dark house? No, I got uh windows on all sides. Triple pane, so, argon filled? What do we got? Low E glass?
0: Well, just your regular... Well, double pane insulated windows okay. or whatever vinyl
1: sliders, double hung slide
0: sliders, sliders. Okay, yep.
1: Good, good, <laughs> good. Okay, that's really specific. I do oh, Yes. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, I'm, I'm. I told you. I'm. Gonna, we're going to noodle this thing out. Okay. So you've got. Uh, what do you insulate? You, I noticed you got some insulation in this thing, and I'm. I'm really intrigued about the insulation. What do you? What do you end up doing? Well, first I built my walls.
0: Yep. You know. And then I sided the outside. I use like your regular steel siding.
1: Okay. Okay. You well, know,
0: that's what I thought was a little bit cheaper than going, trying to find all this other stuff. So it's just like your regular steel siding from a pole barn. Yep. Sure. And the regular door did all the outside stuff. And then I wired everything in, you know, I Oh, wired... it's, a, it's for like a generator. Well, I have it wired in for 120 and 12 volt. You could about run an extension cord from your house. I could, but you got to watch out for snowmobile carbides and studs. (laughs) Yeah,
1: Yeah, that could be a problem.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Put some schedule 40 out. Yeah, I could. But then I have an inverter and converter so I can run everything off of a battery and change it to one twenty If I want to have a TV or something like that, or if I buy generator run it, I can have everything switched 12 volt to run all my lights.
1: Sure. Okay.
0: So I had to do all my wiring because my sponsor wife knew a guy that does spray foam. Ah. So that's why I did all the outside had the windows in all your wiring in then it's actually towable it actually worked on the road i was worried about that oh did it break off or do, well, do, do if you're my stiff? siding would go flying or something like that you know <laughs> yeah but held together and brought it over to his place he spray phoned the ceiling and walls and everything like that and then i brought it home and then uh, the woodwork starts.
1: So let's go back to the spray foam for a minute. So it's a closed cell foam, so it doesn't suck up moisture.
0: Yep. Very cool. And actually, Does, the, he said, like, the spray foam, when they do stuff, it increases the strength
1: huh,
0: by sure. 60, 60%, you know, the rigidity of uh, wow. your frame and everything like that. Does it float? Ah. Uh, <laughs> hopefully i do not have to test that
1: <laughs> so maybe report back maybe not we'll find out
0: <laughs>
1: or more stay tuned yeah
0: stay tuned this could be next year's episode <laughs> it
1: could be so yeah what, what was that who who is was that late show host that did the doesn't float will it float oh i don't know i've never seen that one well was that a conan o'brien thing maybe
2: i don't know I don't, he's no. He's been off the air for a little bit now. I
1: know. Anyway. All right. Moving on. <laughs> I'll have to figure that out. It'll bother moving me. Moving
2: on. All right. Uh-oh. So we, we got insulation in a structure that's 60% more rigid, not 59. Yes. Is it lighter
1: 69. than like traditional? I don't know what you probably use a poly, like the pink stuff, wouldn't you? Cause you wouldn't want to use batting or nothing. That's
2: what they've using in a lot of ice tracks, Jay. Yeah. If you no, if you crack open a uh, ice castle or uh most anyone that isn't spray foam, um you're gonna find just plain old insulation.
1: Really? So it's just like a camper.
2: If you crack open my ice shack, that's what's in there.
1: Let's crack, let's do that.
2: Oh, I mean, I've seen it.
1: Oh, okay. All right. So what do you put on the inside? Like what did well, you finish it? What what do you got? You got uh drywall? You got some paneling,
2: drywall. <laughs> Does Dave know how, what you've the word got, drywall is? What do you've <laughs> got? what
1: What's your What's your favorite building material up there in the North Woods, Dave? Well, normally it's
0: wood. And the best thing about this is, of course, my wife is on Facebook, person. Yeah, she's and... she's instrumental in your your deal <laughs> here. And she found somebody that tore off. Tongue and groove cedar, okay, off, like they're overhang underneath their porch and decks outside on the ceiling for like $300 for a lot of cedar.
1: That's awesome. So, you upcycling once again, this thing's really green. Yes, no, yeah. I love it.
0: And they had it on for sale, none of it was actually nailed, they just had it lipped over the edge for eight foot lengths. Along the whole thing, there was no nail holes and nothing. Oh, wow. So, huh. recycle,
1: reuse. Yeah, absolutely. Save the environment.
0: Man, too, I was look. I was going to do it in cedar, which saved me a lot of money because cedar is one of the woods that don't shrink and expand. Yep.
1: Like knotty pine with, does with crazy the, things. Oh,
0: with the extreme heat. Mm-hmm. So, I know that with my sauna
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> that I fell asleep with.
1: That that's don't do that you're gonna
0: die. <laughs> I woke your, up. Your a, liver
1: can't handle anymore
0: <laughs> stuff. I I woke up in a sweaty mess. Put it that way.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Live my whole life without knowing that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> so you you got interior and that's walls and ceiling walls.
0: are all nice time
1: Yep. No what kind of- cedar. 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 Yeah, and cedar and cedar. I'm cedar, sorry. Yeah. What do you do? So you, got whole,
2: you got a whole ice shack worth of cedar wood for $300. It's
1: like a closet. Yeah. You're going to get no moths in there. You can put your best suit you and store your, you, you probably don't own a suit. If you own a suit, <laughs> you could store it in there. He will, owns a suit. It's just an ice suit. a nice fishing yeah. suit. fishing. You're right. Or a
0: snowmobile suit or a yeah, all your deer suits hunting suit. Or, Let me go yeah. get my
1: suit. Um. So what kind of lights like do you have in that thing? Like what did, do you, is are they LEDs? Are they fluorescent? I did incandescent.
0: The, I did all the LED 12 volt lights in there. Okay. But then I did put a four foot LED. Uh what do you call it? Fluorescent light or the, not it's a like four, a, it's the bar Like a shop light. Yeah, yeah. I've got a bunch ones. of them. I love it.
1: But those it's things. but it's LED also. Mm-hmm. Those are great because oh. they don't, the bulbs don't blow up and you got to close your eyes and hope nothing bad happens when they drop. <laughs> yep. So I'm thinking actually, Dave,
2: we should rename this episode to the green ice fishing shack. I know, I mean, you've got LED, yeah. you get recycled things. Well, like footprint. Everything's recycled. It's got
1: a low carbon footprint. Right. You know,
2: Except awesome. for maybe the studs and the, the spray foam. It sounds like everything else was
0: recycled. Not wiring, much. maybe wiring. wiring well, okay. wiring. I well, I reuse some of wiring that That's I've good. had, yeah. and save some parts. Like some of my windows. Well, basically, I didn't buy a window for it because some were out of my old shack mm, that okay. that I replaced before, and some were out of this the junky shack that I sure you know they were all hmm. double panes. So did you
1: did you put lights in the holes, like on the edges of the holes, so you can see what what's going on down there?
0: No, because I. I have enough lights in there <laughs> that I think I can see down the holes because I'm not above the ice. I'm jacked down yeah. frame now.
1: Okay, so you don't have a lot of space in between the ice and and no,
0: hole. I should be pretty much right on um, it.
1: So okay,
0: hopefully cool. it doesn't freeze in too hard, or otherwise uh, I will have to wait till it thaws out and sees if it floats. Well, I've heard
2: stories. <laughs> I've heard stories of people freezing in. So yeah. I with my shack. I will put it right in the ice because that's the nicest. If it's like overnight or maybe a weekend when I'm staying in it, but if I leave it out there for extended period of time, you got to put some boards under there, or you're gonna you're gonna have problems. It's gonna freeze in, and and I don't know. That's my that's my rule. A night or two, a weekend, drop it on the ice. You're gonna be fine. Um, long period of time, it's gonna melt in just from the sun hitting it and whatever, and it'll freeze in. Right? I mean.
0: So, so but, but like I said before, mine's a you know, hundred yarder, so yeah. I can keep an eye on it.
1: So yeah. as you look at your build, what are two things that you're like, or three or whatever you got, like most important, if someone's going to do this, what, what would be the advice now that you've done it and you've recycled one and modified it and really built basically from a frame up, what, what would you say, Hey, you can got to do this. If you do anything, do this. What's that? What would that be?
0: I would say make sure you have your layout right. Like for me, I measured it all out my frame. On my concrete floor of my shed, I can still see it. I drew the whole thing out on my floor of my shed, where all my braces are underneath Mm. everything, figured out where I wanted my holes, where are you gonna have your bench? Where are you gonna have your heater? All that stuff to figure out your space management. So and design.
1: That that's really good because you got to do that before you put the floor on. Otherwise, you're gonna end up being sad. You're right. You're gonna want to put a hole where a frame member is.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Figure out really where good. your frames are going. Figure out where your holes are. Okay. If you're gonna have a heater on the side. Figure that in. Measure that in. Everything.
1: So. Any any regrets? Anything you're like, I wish I'd done this. I think this would come back and bite me, or you're like, no, nah, the thing's perfect. I rock.
0: Well, put it this way: it hasn't been on the ice yet. Fair <laughs> enough. We'll get an update. It's sitting right next to the lake. Yeah. So it's ready to go once there's ice. And I will have to get a, inform you next year how okay. Going.
1: Give me an update on. And uh, if, if there was something you're like, oh, I missed this. So book for now. Yeah. Sounds but, like that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. Otherwise I know there's still like, you know, I had some little shelves here and there and I'll probably figure out if I want more coat hangers or I can always add a couple more holes or something like that. I can always redo. So.
1: Yeah. Cool. Very cool. Well, anything we forgot to ask you about this? Anything you want us to know?
2: I was going to say, you know, one thing about this build. So you kind of mentioned the hundred yard or hundred footer. What did you call it? A 200 yarder?
0: 200 yarder. goes Two out a yard. hundred yards, come back. <laughs> yards.
2: Um, this is not like a sleeping or a camper kind of substitute. This is Good a point. ice shack built to go fishing, uh, you know, like fish out of. You're not going to s- sleep overnight in this
0: really. Why is that? Everyone asked me, oh, you're building the ice house well, how much mo- are you putting bunks in it? It's like, no, if I want to go sleep, I'll just walk a hundred yards to my bed. You know, otherwise why sleep out there? Cause it's uphill. You should be fishing. It's a f- <laughs> <laughs> you got four wheel drive in the four wheelers. Oh, good point.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I,
2: mean, I mean, I think for, for many people, for many of our listeners out there, they probably aren't on the lake. Right. So that's the convenience that you get by having the sleeper that you don't need because you're, have a bed very close to the lake so
0: right but it you know i could put bunks in there if you wanted to or make a little bench off the side that folds down with like legs or something that you could sleep on or you could always do something like that if you really wanted to well i think the important color was how did or important thing was how do you pick the color
1: yeah what color is who got to pick it you are your sponsor well (laughs) yes (laughs) Sure. <laughs> yes <laughs> yes okay okay or was it
2: or was it green is the cheapest thing at the store so we're getting green
0: well put it this way uh this summer when i was building it like last winter i did the frame the summer i was building it uh it was just trying to get the steel siding mm, and you yeah. had it because i don't know it was hard to find some materials
1: yeah, I believe it.
0: So that's what they had, and that's what I could get. So what color is it? Green.
1: It is green. Okay. I don't know if we <laughs> answered that. Yeah, we Jeff guessed yeah. that but...
2: I, I guessed by the pictures I'm looking I at. Was just, yeah. Oh, I was <laughs> affirmative.
1: But you, our listeners can't see your, the pictures no, at this That's why I
2: said green, though. So I, the one other thing we didn't talk about was the heating source. Um, oh, what kind of heating
1: source did you, you use? Yeah, I forgot about
0: that. Uh, Recycle, reuse. Oh, yeah. Well, I have a. I use my ventless free heater that I had in my house. You know, from before I got married and didn't have a furnace or nothing. That was my backup heat versus a wood stove. So that's what I put in the ice house. So. Gotcha. So I've seen that that heater many times is what you're telling mm-hmm.
2: me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, this is an awesome build. I can't wait to fish out of it.
1: <laughs> I know, you know, we'll have to come up and fish out of it. Maybe we can do a, an episode out of the shack. Dave, we want to thank you very much for joining us on the Hardwater Fishing Show and and sharing your, your backwoods building advice and, and your experiences putting the ice shack together. Well, oh, it was fun again. Well, we really want to thank Dave again for shedding his, uh, shedding. Maybe shedding. Does he shed? Probably. Well, ice shack shed, shed. I don't I, know. Shedding his shed knowledge on us about <laughs> building his ice shed. <laughs> you to
2: say that five times fast.
1: <laughs> I'm doing good. I am not even a quarter of a way through my Bud Light, clearly. Um, <laughs> but it's 25 ounces or something. It, so they put it on the can. Yeah. yeah. Um, Anyway, it was a great a great uh, episode for him to t- tell us all about that. And I mean, technically, if you move fast, you still could build one before we have ice. but you'd have to I, really I was really get impressed with
2: how recycling it was. I didn't realize, you know, I mean, he built that for a really good price by finding those things, and you have to be handy, right? Like yeah, you have to ha- you have to be handy, but um, the recycling you did and stuff was cool when
1: you, when mean, you look at what those things cost new and probably what he's got into that he did very well
2: yes i totally agree so absolutely yes cool all right well um jay i think we got our legend i kind of have a little different legend tonight Mm -hmm. you know we've talked about it before we would love people to set in legends right i mean jason and i have been ice fishing for a few decades together you know we've told a lot of our stories and i'm sure we'll make more and we'll think of more things that we've done that's dumb in the past but you know, we would love to have people send in our, send in legends or stories that they've done about ice.
1: And, or had and, with ice. And sure. can I can I say something about that quick, Jeff? If you guys send us an audio, and you've listened to the, most of you, you know, if you listen to the show, you kind of know what we're looking for. If you send us a good, clear audio of that legend, we'll put that thing in the show. Yep. If we like your legend, if it sucks, we won't. But if we like it, we will. <laughs> yes. You know, and, and, and that would that would be better, really, to be honest than us trying to read it
2: (laughs) so and if you're not sure how to get it to us you can email us and we will figure out a way i will create a spot to drop it or something
1: yeah absolutely so go on i just wanted to throw that in there no that's perfect (laughs) all right so
2: so the legend we have tonight is not from jason and i and it's not from a listener um so i this summer or towards the fall as i'm preparing for ice fishing um I stumbled across this book called Classic Minnesota Fishing Stories. It's really good. Um, And it's called A Rare Collection of First-Hand Accounts, Anecdotes, and Reports. And it's written by Joe Faleggi. I hope I'm saying his name right. Who is a Minnesota writer and fisherman. Um, He is in the Fishing Hall of Fame. was inducted in 2001. And uh, really sounded like he spent a lot of his youth guiding fishing on the north end of mille Lacs, which i'm very familiar with and um, he said at times he would fish a hundred days in a row wow
1: That's, i know is this guy married can't be married uh, he, is. <laughs> he <laughs> wow. is
2: so so i mean if you go to the fishing hall of fame fishing minnesota hall of fame and if you google it i'm googling go right now. there he is um, yeah, he's out there, so you can check it out. So he wrote this awesome book, and there's tons of good stories in it, and I've read a bunch of them. But I found one um, there's that I'm going to talk about is uh, a story by J- Jerry Fuller w- was the person. So um, he headed a bait shop in Park Rapids, and he ran the longest-running fishing contests in Minnesota, at least – when this book was published in the 80s it was right so this book is quite old i don't think it's in print anymore but you can get anything these days so um and i thought it was pretty funny so he had a bunch of stories in there like um one of them was they every year they would have this fishing contest right Mm -hmm. and so he said people did lots of things when they cheated in these fishing contests because you know I don't know, when I was a kid it was always this way and, and more recently we've gone to you measure the size of your fish by how big it is in inches right? Like a 20 inch walleye people don't talk as much about like I caught a 6 pound walleye or an 8 pound walleye mm-hmm. they talk about I caught a 28 inch walleye I caught a 50 inch muskie um, they don't really talk about weight but in the 80s and really when I was a kid and I mean people said how much does it weigh? We had a scale right? You would you'd weigh your fish that's how you knew how big it was um, so that's how they ran the contest. It was by weight. You brought your fish in and you weighed it. And so he said there was a lot of cheating done, right? He said there might have been beer cans filled with sand shoved into the fish. Oh, wow. And then, um, or weights, just stuffing lead weights into the fish to make it weigh more. Uh-huh. He said the most memorable one was they were running a fishing contest and they put the fish on the scale, and it clinked
1: <laughs> Oh, that's not good,
2: and so then they opened they found that the fish had rocks stuffed into oh, its belly, gosh.
1: so so
2: clearly they didn't win, but you know, like anything, it was probably very uh controversial at the time. I'm sure for the they didn't win but but you know now it's just a funny story in the book, so
1: an article from the Hall of Fame, right it says that he. Pulled his launch into the port for the final time in 1989, in a 30-year... I got into that mid-40s crunch when I realized, so if he was in his 40s in 1989, that would put him in his 70s. I think he's still... He used to write for the... Now? He wrote articles
2: for the Outdoor News in 2015. If
1: anybody knows this fellow, gosh, we'd sure love to interview him for the show. Wouldn't that be awesome? So we should try to track him down. That'd be so cool to talk... Some of these these fellows, they got just such great stories, and it's always good to hear from them.
2: So that book is full of people like, um, I mean, Joe Joe wrote the book, but it's full of people like Jerry Fuller and like all kinds of different people. There's like there's like bush pilots who flew the mail to the Northwest Angle, and also flew a B fifty two bomber in the World War Two, right? I mean, there's just like all these stories. It's really good. it's not in print, but you can buy it on Amazon, so yeah. I would highly recommend it. If you're just looking for some good stories to read, check it out. Yeah, very cool.
1: It. All right. Well, I think, that, I think that's all we got tonight, J- Jeff, huh? Thanks for listening. Thanks. Tight lines. Cheers.
0: Bye. You've been listening to The Hard Water Fishing Show with Jeff and Jason. Say goodbye. One of the most unique podcasts on the planet where we talk about tactics here in Ice Fishing Legends. We'll be back soon. Bye bye. Till then, signing off. Bye bye. Bye bye.